0: to the deep rooted podcast with Jeff and Rochelle Ferguson and hey we're excited to be back with you
1: so so excited to see you again i love man i love seeing you i can't really see you right now but i love i tell you what doing this podcast we're so excited to be back for a new series
0: yeah so what happened so
1: what happened
0: if you're a faithful listener oh, you're man. sitting here going what happened to the podcast <laughs> did they fall off the end of the earth you know we're, um, we're still
1: alive we're still here Podcast um, is back on track. We're back on track, and we are. We're getting back on track. Um, I, I don't know what to say to what happened. Honestly, I tell you what. There's been <laughs> hey, just I a think lot going yeah, on. Yeah, we
0: could have a list of things. We
1: could. We we could and, talk about.
0: You know, what?
1: Maybe we will one day. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. That's if it. you
0: want us to share what happened, put it in the comments. Uh, my, yeah. Now it's nothing bad no, per not, se. Like, not. I mean, some tough times, but. Yeah. The reality is, is we had some things that were really pressing on us that we had to deal with. Um, Some of that is coming to an end. I mean, you're almost done with your doctorate.
1: Almost done. You were doing
0: your whole doctoral project, Mm -hmm. basically, and we were living your doctoral project.
1: At the same time doing it. And for those who know
0: the topic, you're like, what happened? (laughs)
1: Exactly. So,
0: um, anyways, what happened? Maybe we'll tell. Maybe we'll do a whole podcast about that, but that's not what we're doing today. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Today, we are starting a, a brand new series talking about how to stay passionate in a world that's apathetic. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about this podcast and we're so passionate about this idea of how to stay passionate in a world that's apathetic Good job. because our world right now, can I just tell you, you, the world is hostile to anybody who tries to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing about our world right now that is sort of okay with you following Christ. Ambivalent. No. So everything about our world is is hostile to it. It's it's gonna it's gonna wear you out. It's causing you fatigue. And I'm thinking, you know what? I don't want to be I don't want to be moved by my circumstances. I wanna be passionate. I wanna be joy-filled. I wanna be excited. I want to expect more, not less from God in this season. Where there's there's a whole lot of people saying, you know, you gotta expect less. We gotta You know, the church is, you know, I don't know, the church is in decline. I'm telling you, the church is increasing, God is sending revival. And so I'm I'm gonna have none of that talk.
0: Absolutely. And I agree with you. The world is is uh antithetical. Like it is literally the opposite. It is warring against true believers. Mm -hmm. The day of being this nominal Christian where you can get by, it's not happening anymore. There's a choosing of sides, and I think that's yes. I think it's a good thing. There's a separating, but I I, I find myself not being so concerned about that. I hmm. find myself concerned with those who are in the church who are saying expect less from God. Oh man! Uh, expect less from God in this season. This is the season to hunker down and hold on to what we have, um, protect what we have, and let's not let's not take new ground. Let's just insulate ourselves I, that's what's more concerning to me because that is what steals my passion more than anything because I'm thinking what yes, we're supposed to be on the same team
1: absolutely and I, I'll just say this I rebuke that thought I, I, and I if you are Lord ever re- rebuke you right presented with that thought I would encourage you rebuke that thought because that's not a God thought it's a lie of the enemy that's not a God
0: thought I I I throw out a challenge to our <laughs> friends here <laughs> Find me in scripture where God says, just play it safe. Find it.
1: Not gonna. I, it doesn't gonna happen.
0: It. Every person that God moved in, that God spoke to, that he called them out to do something, yep. there was never a play it safe. Nope. And in fact, the play it safe was what he was combating. And we are not in this season of 2022, uh, political upheaval, inflation out the wazoo. Um, yeah, I don't know where that word came. You know, like all these things to play it safe. Absolutely. And it is a battle to fight your flesh to do that. That is a fleshly thought.
1: I have done studies, I'll just say this, on antagonism, yeah. okay, in the church. That's his topic. And, and I'll say this, For that's the, my topic. The doctoral thing. My my, my, my. As I was thinking about this the other day, I feel like God planted a thought in my heart. The biggest danger about antagonism as it maybe comes against a church leader or against you isn't that it's going to take you out from your position. Isn't that it's, you know, that's not the biggest thing. The biggest thing is it's going to, it's going to wear your soul down. <laughs> it, it's going to cause you to expect less. Tell you what, I don't want to walk around without joy. I don't want my oh. soul to be so worn down that I expect less, that I'm not faith filled. Nowhere in scripture do you see Jesus.
0: And this isn't just that. something that comes naturally. This is why we war in the spirit. Yes. This is why we, we have, we, the Lord tells us how to war in spiritual warfare. Yeah. So, um, if you're thinking, man, how, how do they stay passionate? I just feel apathetic. It's a daily battle. And that's why you need to spend time in the Every word. That's why you need to pray in the spirit on all yep. occasions. We need to pray in the spirit more often than yes. we, are, we have been. It's a, it's a battle weapon. And so anyways, that's what we're saying. How do we stay passionate in a world or maybe a church that's just saying, hey, you know what? This is good enough. Let's just, let's just survive till heaven. No. So how do we do it? How do we stay passion? How do we, how do we not let others steal yeah. our passion? The enemies steal our passion. How do we do it?
1: You, you read me the other day. Yes. After your devotion, you read me Psalm 101. You said you have to listen. Now I've read this Psalm. You've read this Psalm. Yeah,
0: I've read but the it's, Bible through like, it's, you know, I've done the whole Bible year thing. But. But oh man, it God, just keeps fresh us the dynamically
1: other day. every day. And so, can I read, or do you want to read?
0: No, go. I mean, are you going to read the whole thing?
1: I'm going to read just the verse. We're going to talk about. Okay.
0: Can we Be- set it? Hold on. Let's set it up. Let's Psalm 101. It's it's a Psalm of David. So David, what does the Bible tell us? What does God's word tell us? What is how does God describe David? A man after God's own heart. And so we love saying that, but we don't really look at why why was David considered yeah. a man of God a man after God's own heart I think Psalm 101 is one of the reasons and I'm not saying it's the only but I think Psalm 101 when I read it I thought that's why David's a man after God's own heart mm-hmm. because when I read what he wrote it, it was so powerful he starts up by saying I will sing of your love and justice I will worship I will I I'll yeah. declare who you are uh, I will praise you with songs okay so David's a worshipper no, that's too easy of an answer. There's some other things that the 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 psalm tells us about David. About, yes, he was a worshiper. Yes, he sang praise. Yeah. Yes, he declared the goodness of God. Yes, we should. Absolutely. What are some other things of why David was a man after God's own heart and what we can learn and be passionate? Okay, so.
1: And here's how you protect it. your heart. From apathy. Yes. And toward passion. Here we go. Verse 3. David's talking. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar, this is from the New Living Translation. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. So how do you remain passionate?
0: There's like five things. In a
1: world that's apathetic, refuse to look at evil. If I could just sum it up.
0: Refuse to look at evil and refuse to deal with people who are engaged in evil. Absolutely.
1: Refuse evil.
0: And right there, friends, is a controversial statement. Yes. It is. But it is a freeing statement if you want to live passionate, if you don't want the world to weigh you down... You will subscribe to this. So, what are some things like? I think about. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. You might think, well, we live in, we live in Babylon. How could I not look yeah. at something vile and vulgar? Um, I what when I when I hear David mm-hmm. saying that, he's saying I will not set my gaze. Yes. I will not fix my attention. I will not look to entertain myself with vile and vulgar things. Yeah. And in our world, I mean, of course, that could be literally our gaze, but it also can be what are we setting our thoughts on? Yeah. Are we are we finding entertainment in the vile stories of those of others,
1: the vulgar stories? of others? Because you may not know it at the time, but it's a drain on your spirit. It's a drain on you, and you're going to be shifting away from passion toward apathy. And you'll you'll say, "Well, how how did that happen? I don't even know how to get back." It's because you've allowed evil in some entrance into your life by just looking at it, Mm -hmm. entertaining it, laughing at a joke. You know, we kind of talk about coarse joking. That's not no no, that's evil. It's that's sinful. And so (laughs) yeah that's how we protect our heart so that we can remain passionate it's one of the ways that we can remain passionate in this world of apathy that's trying to drain us
0: yeah um i I think i will have nothing to do with people who deal crookedly many times we sit there and we can begin to justify who our friends are who we allow as our inner people i mean i think it was jim Rohn who said uh you're like the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with you know, um that's a that's a sobering thought, yeah, you know, I don't even think Jim Rohn was a Christian, and he was saying this like as the fact that the, you those you spend time with, you're going to become like this is why we don't want to do anything. we do not want to have relationship yep. with people who deal crookedly, yeah, I mean, oh my goodness, we will begin to be uh like them
1: <laughs> well, this is what so Dallas Willard. Uh, later years in life, talked about salvation as the new attachment, meaning salvation is when we attach ourselves to Christ. Why do you think Jesus said, attach yourselves to me and there's life? Whatever we attach ourselves to, we will eventually become.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Attaching yourself to someone who's crooked and, and vile and deals crookedly, you, you your life will begin to look like that. P, uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.33 um, that character, you know, bad character corrupts or good. Help me out here. <laughs> bad company corrupts. Bad company it. <laughs> corrupts. Like, it's good coming. Character. It's coming. And so that's so true. Who, 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 man, who's on your inner circle that doesn't need to be there. Now
0: I can hear the objections right now because I've heard them. <laughs> Some of y'all have said it to me directly <laughs> and that's okay. Um, wh- aren't we supposed to evangelize? Sure. Yes. Absolutely absolutely 100 we should 100 yep. percent. those aren't your closest five yeah those aren't the people that are your besties you're trying to win i i don't know how i could be besties with somebody who i mean you're either mm-hmm. for god or against, i mean you're either for god or against him
1: mm-hmm. yeah. there,
0: there isn't this middle ground that we've made up this is like a made up middle ground it's not there is no like yeah i'm i'm neutral no, there is no neutrality.
1: No, absolutely not.
0: There's no neutrality in the kingdom of God. You're either for or against. I, I love what David says and continues, I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. That is an action word. I, I was an English teacher, <laughs> an English major. I will reject I will reject (laughs) that thinking. I will reject those ideas. That is an action oriented. That's not I will just pretend like it doesn't exist or I will um, tolerate. No, it's I will reject. We live in a world of perverse ideas. Mm -hmm. Perverse really means something that goes against the, the, the word of God. Something that is evil, contrary to the word of God wow, do we have an opportunity to practice this in our culture today.
1: (laughs) Fertile ground for practicing this principle right here. Yes. Absolutely. And
0: I am sure that the the day is coming, it's already here where this is considered hate speech. Mm -hmm. But let me just tell you, I will reject perverse ideas. Yep. Uh, The idea that marriage can be between multiple people, I will reject that perversion. Yes. The idea that... uh, that that God created male and female and then somebody else saying that there's like uh, a whole lot of other options I will reject that perverse idea the idea that people can have uh, attraction to kids that's what we're calling it this pedophilia I will reject that perverse
1: idea because what does that do that takes us away from God's design that takes us away from a, a life of passion excitement God wants us to live that kind of life, and all these things distort life. It's it's a distortion. My biggest fear necessarily, obviously we can fall into sin. That's a big danger, falling into sin. But sometimes we think, well, I'm not doing it, therefore everything's fine. Uh, I think a really big danger that followers of Christ need to be aware of is what are you tolerating? What are you even maybe a little bit sympathetic with.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, I think it's even more than tolerating. I think it's what are you sympathetic to? Yeah. You know, I, I we need to be very careful. I think part of this is using the right language. Yes. You know, um, I've been really convicted personally lately about the language I'm using, and you're like, what?
1: She's not walking. Around I'm not the house. throwing
0: around four letter words. Um, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making sure I use correct language. Yeah. Because we can tend there there's this like pull to make sin seem more palatable by changing the language. So let me give you an example. An article written by Russell Moore. I read this article. It's been challenging me. So he talks about mm-hmm. Um, the word like extramarital affair or premarital sex, or and then, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think those are mainly the ones he talks about. He says those are dangerous words because it just sounds like when you say premarital, that's just saying, well, we just did things out of order. And so by getting married, it makes it all okay. No. <laughs> yeah. What it is, we need to call things what it is fornication if we use correct terms then we'll have the right way to understand things see it sounded maybe some of you even listening were like oh that sounds harsh that sounds rough is it sin we better make sure that we're not candy coating sin because there's nothing cute about it and 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 sin must be accounted for must be repented from.
1: Absolutely. And so
0: if we call something, well, premarital, we're like, oh, well, we made it all right because we got married. No, no, there's still sin that needs to be repented of.
1: And I would say, be careful when you hear inside the church, uh, well, we need to change language so that people understand it. So fornication, that's an old, you might hear that's an old school word. It's like, no, what I think needs to happen is we need to train people on what the biblical words are. Yeah. Not adjust vocabulary to to fit the culture. Once we oh start
0: goodness, so good.
1: changing vocabulary to fit the culture, we we,
0: we change the meaning we, literally we, of, of the
1: Bible. You're an English major and you, you you're way better at this than I am. And, well,
0: but words really matter. Yeah. I mean I'm i I like words. Yeah. I do. <laughs> words really matter. I, I I'm endeavoring even to do this with my own children using words like i don't want to exchange the word sin with mistake right because a mistake we we all make mistakes i mistakenly left my purse at the at the office Mm -hmm. i gotta go back and get it well that's a mistake not a sin yeah we have to be careful that we use the right words uh because if not we really can alter the meaning of things and in doing so we can we can water down or Cover over, or whatever, or whatever word you want to use there.
1: If we're talking about sin, <clears throat> so something such as fornication, it should feel like nails on a chalkboard to us. It yeah. should feel like, ooh, I don't like that. It should feel like that. We can't, we can't make sin sound. Oh, that's just, you know, that's just not that good. We need to make it sound like it is, and use the appropriate words. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um. So a person who I reminded of in scripture that was living in a world hostile to his belief system his theology um was lot yeah <laughs> and I love what Peter Peter says this in um second Peter I think it's second Peter 2. two six through seven I don't have it yeah, th- yeah yeah right yeah. here I do have it in front of me he says this yes well, yeah, go let, ahead. and yeah. let, Let's go up. Verse six later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into the heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people, but God also rescued lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man. Look at this. Who was sick of the shameful immorality of the yes. wicked people around him. Yes. Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. What we are in and around day after day, we need to understand it's a torment to our soul. And so when you hear us saying, have nothing to do with what is evil, we're saying that because to allow any access is to allow torment to your soul, heaviness to your soul, um, sadness, depression, anxiety to your soul. Um, I, I'll go on. Verse 9. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment. He is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted desires and who despise authority. But God can rescue us.
0: Yeah, I, I, what you powerful. were saying about Lot, you know, uh, yeah, allowing the things in there can be a torment for sure. But what, when I'm reading this, I'm thinking, Lot was tormented by what he saw around him. Mm. I mean, it says that he was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw. I think that is where passion can come from. Yes. If we're not tormented by the wickedness we see all around us, if we become apathetic to the, wit- the wickedness, if we become like, well, this is just how the world this is, is nothing new. I, I, I really feel yeah. that we might be in a really dangerous spot. Hmm. We might not be, we, we might not be viewing things correctly. If we find ourselves, and this is a good temperature, if we find ourselves thinking, "Well, that's not that bad," yeah, or yeah, the world, you know, eh, it's. I know some people like on Fox News say it's going crazy, but you know, when I look around, I don't see it. We we might find ourselves in a, a dangerous spot.
1: Yeah.
0: A lot was tormented by the wickedness he saw all around him. Mm. I actually find that to be an encouraging verse because sometimes I personally feel, I mean, how yeah. can be how can we be even thinking this is okay? How can how can people who claim Christ yeah. say that this is okay? You know, all of that kind of thing. And um I find comfort in that because of that verse you read at the end. The Lord knows how. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials.
1: Yes, he does. The
0: Lord knows how. I mean, I like to supply him with a lot of rescue plans, but God knows how. He knows. And um, I'm I'm glad a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times I'm glad that my rescue plan didn't work out, but that God knows how to rescue me Mm, from trials. And so if you find yourself... tormented by the wickedness around you, just know, hey, that's how you're staying passionate.
1: That's good. That's how you're
0: staying passionate in an apathetic world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, we want to encourage you, hey, remain passionate. Expect for more. Don't buy into this thing that, oh, you got to expect for less. Expect for more. Remain passionate. And when you feel that torment, know, again, just like Michelle said, that is God keeping you sensitive. Yes.
0: So refuse to be conditioned to expect less.
1: Absolutely. Refuse
0: it. Just say, no, just, I will not be conditioned mm-hmm. to think that God is smaller.
1: Yeah.
0: In fact, booyah, all you're going to see that God is bigger.
1: You heard it here. <laughs> booyah.
0: All right. So, hey, that's how we're you stay deep rooted. That's how you it, go. tell you. Yeah, no, just say that. Um, yes. But hey, we're going to continue this series. We're going to keep yep. looking at Psalm 101 of some different ways of how to stay passionate in an apathetic world but hey we're so glad that you joined us we're back yes it won't be four months till you hear (laughs) from us again and hey share this rate review glad you could be with us all right
1: see you next time